everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. On today's episode, I'm going to put back on my lawyer's cap and talk to you all about the difference between the C and S corporation. Probably the most common question that entrepreneurs, new business owners ask their CPAs and tax attorneys. So I thought I would give you a overview, bird's eye survey of the key elements and talk about the main differences between the C and S-Corp. Well, just in general sense, the fundamental difference between the C and S-Corp is that the S-Corp is a pass-through structure and the C-Corp is a legal entity taxed as a corp. So think of the S-Corp like an LLC or partnership is like a funnel. Okay. Just think of it. There's no box. It's just a funnel where the water kind of drips through right from the top point to the bottom point. There's no points in the middle that stop the flow of the water. Think of a C-Corp as like a big box, right? If you pour the water from the top, it's gonna to get stopped at the bottom of the box. So there's no flow through. So now just add the principles of taxation. And S-Corp, just think of it as a flow through. There's no entity level tax. And a C-Corp, there is an entity level tax because it's a box. So the corporation will pay corporate tax and then the shareholders will pay tax on any dividends. Now, an S-Corp isn't a corporation. It's just an election that treats the C corporation from a tax perspective as an S corp. Okay. And we'll talk about how you do an S election, but all an S corp means is that it's a C corp that has made an S election An LLC can make an S election technically. Um, so it's just an election where the C corp gets taxed as a partnership versus a corporation. So that's in essence, the main, main differences between the C and S Corp. But let's just dive in now and kind of talk about some of the uh, more refined uh, and more particular elements. So shareholder rules. S Corps have very, very peculiar and specific shareholder rules. Why? Because they were designed specifically for small businesses. Must be owned by U.S. citizens. No more than 100 shareholders. It actually used to be 75 shareholders when I started practicing law 20 or so years ago. And it can only have one class of stock, no preferred stock, just common stock, one class. Now, the shareholders generally have to be individuals, it says U.S. citizens. There are exemptions for single member LLCs and, and trusts, 401ks, not IRAs. A 401k technically can own an S Corp, although it would probably trigger UBIT unrelated business income tax, but generally it would be allowed as an eligible shareholder. A C-Corp, anyone could own a C-Corp, right? Foreigners, corporate entities, uh, individuals. Um, so there's no corporate shareholder restrictions for C-Corps and there are for S-Corps. Limited liability protections, both have them, C and S-Corps, okay? And that's obviously a major incentive of, of setting up a corporation is to avail yourself of limited liability protection, which means that the protection will protect any of your assets outside of the corporate umbrella. So if you have $100,000 in the bank, 
in your personal bank account, okay, and you own a C-Corp, and the C-Corp has $20,000 in it, and there's a creditor after the C-Corp, all the creditor can do is grab the 20 grand in the corp. It cannot go after the $100,000 in your personal bank account so long as they can't pierce the corporate bail, i.e. for fraud. Okay, so limited liability protection obviously is super, super important and probably the driving force where why many and most entrepreneurs set up corporations or LLCs or S-Corps to um, conduct their business. Tax. Tax is a major, major distinction between C and S corps. So remember I told you that C corps are taxed as entities separate from shareholders, two levels of tax, and S corp has one level of tax, the shareholder level. There is no entity level tax with an S corp. So under the 2017 Tax Act, the corporate tax rate is 21%, okay? That's obviously net of any expenses. So when you have a corporation, you look at your revenues and then you can net out obviously expenses such as rent, office rent or employees uh, and the like, right? So your net amount is subject to a corporate tax rate of 21% at the federal level. There's obviously state um, income tax as well, depending on where you live. Now, once the corporation pays that tax, whatever's left in the corporation is called retained earnings. Now the corporation can keep those funds and then reinvest them or just keep them in the corporate bank account, or it can send a dividend back to the shareholder, which is known as a qualified dividend. How are qualified dividends taxed? Well, they are taxed based off your income tax rate, uh, which applies to the relevant shareholder that receives the dividend. So if it's a shareholder that's in the 10 to 15% individual tax rate, there is zero tax on the qualified dividend. If the individual shareholder is between 25 and 35% individual rate, they're going to pay 15% tax on the qualified dividend. And if the shareholder is at the highest 37% individual tax rate, they're going to pay a 20% rate on the qualified dividend. So if you add up the 21% and the 15 or 20% on the dividend, you're looking at either 36 or 41% uh, tax on, on income, right? So easy, quick example, the company earns $100 net income, pays $21 in tax. So it's left with, my math is correct, $79. And then it, it takes a dividend. And if the shareholder is at the 15% rate, it's gonna pay 15% on the $79. And then whatever's left uh, will, will be uh, available for uh, use and, and you know, be, be uh, sent to the shareholder uh, for you. So you're looking at 15 plus the 21%, so 36% on that $100. So ultimately that, that shareholder's paid $36 uh, on the 100 and is gonna be left with the difference. So um, let's now contrast that with the S-Corp. Where the S-Corp, there's no NT-level tax. So if the S-Corp earns $100 and the individual tax payer has a 35% tax rate, they're gonna pay $35 of tax and be left with the difference. If that individual maybe has a 10% tax rate, they're going to owe $10, 10% of the $100. Okay, so there is no entity level tax. That 21% tax for the corporation does not apply to S-Corp. So that's obviously a huge advantage and why a lot of small businesses move to the LLC and we'll see why the S-Corp um, to save the entity level tax. Another big tax advantage of the S-Corp is the reduction in the Medicare and Social Security tax on the W-2, okay? So if you're an S-Corp shareholder and work in the business, 
you're obviously classified as an employee of the corp, shareholder employee. And you're treated really the same way as any non-shareholder employee for income tax withholding purposes. So like any employee, your salary is subject to Social Security and Medicare taxes, known as FICA. And the S-Corp, the net profits, is not subject to these Social Security and Medicare taxes, which equal approximately 15.3% in 2021. So your FICA, Social Security, and Medicare taxes equal about 15.3%. So what does that mean? That means that if you take a W-2 salary, you're going to pay Social Security and Medicare taxes approximately 15.3%. But if you take a small salary, okay, you will technically reduce that 15.3% tax uh, amount because it will be uh, applied to a smaller amount of W-2 salary. And then you can take the rest out potentially as income, right? So how does that work, right? You got to understand your tax bracket. So what's this trying to do? It's trying to reduce the 15.3% by making your W-2 smaller and then just taking distributions out subject to your income tax rate. Now, if you pay 37% tax, okay, the idea is, is hey, my W-2 is going to also be subject to 37% tax. My distributions will also be subject to 37% tax. I get to save the 15.3% on FICA taxes. So the IRS isn't stupid. They know this is happening. They will audit you. Their, their big target is S-Corps and they require that your salary be reasonable. And reasonable is obviously based on facts and circumstances. They look at other industries or other companies in your industry if they audit you. Um, there's been cases in the past uh, where you know people uh, have $200 million in revenue in their S-Corp and take $50,000 salaries. Like, that's not reasonable, right? The IRS is saying, no, you need to take a bigger salary. If you have $100 million of profit in your S-Corp or revenues, like your salary can't be $70,000. That's not reasonable. But if your revenues are maybe $400,000, then yeah, your salary could be $50,000 or $40,000. That could be reasonable. And that's why it's based off facts and circumstances and, and other standards the IRS looks at. Your CPA can give you more guidance in this, but you want to be careful. You want to make sure you're taking a reasonable salary. Obviously, that 15.3% tax on uh, Social Security and Medicare is important to the government. That's not something they're just going to give up. So um, just obviously you know, pay attention to that. But just from a tax standpoint, overall summarizing what I just said, so I don't lose you guys. Corp, S Corp is a pass-through. It pays no corporate level tax. There's no 21% tax. There's no dividends. Whatever you get pro rata uh, profit allocation, you're going to pay your income tax rate on. If you are an owner employee, you are going to be subject to the Social Security FICA, the 15 3% on your W-2. So if you're going to play around with your W-2 and keep it small, um, just be careful, make sure it's reasonable. Um, if you make contributions to a 401k, you still owe the 15.3% on your W-2. You can't eliminate that. The only way to reduce it technically is to take a smaller W-2. C-Corp, it's a corporation separate from its entity, from its shareholders, I should say, two levels of tax, 21%, and then a dividend tax from zero to 20% based off your income tax level. Qualified business income deduction. This is something new that came in under uh, 2017 tax cuts and job act. Basically the way it works, um, since S-Corps are passed through, you can receive potentially the added benefit of a 20% QBI deduction, which can reduce your uh, corporate tax rate. In order to do this, you need eligible uh, income, which is generally you know, business income. It cannot be capital gains, dividends, interest, or income earned outside the US. 
You could be in a partnership, S-Corp, and LLC to get this QBI deduction. But if in 2021, the limits are 164,900 if you're single, 329,800 if you're joint. So if you make more than 329,800, you're not gonna be able to get this QBID. If you make more than the 164,9 and you're single in 2021, you're not gonna be eligible for the deduction. If you make less, talk to your account. This deduction is super beneficial and may um, encourage you to go S-Corp over um, C-Corp. Um, losses, okay, so we talked about S-Corps are, are flow through. So all the losses pass through to the shareholder, which could add a lot of value, can reduce income taxes, it's active business losses. Uh, C-Corp, the losses get stuck in the corp, but they can be used to be carry forward, unlimited. There's no carry backs anymore under the 2017 Tax Cut Jobs Act. But there was an exemption under the CARES Act where there was a five-year carry back for, for, corona, for COVID. Um, but going forward, it's really just a unlimited carry forward. Meaning if you have a loss this year, you can use that loss to offset income for the next year to help reduce taxes. So the losses don't evaporate, but they don't flow through to your income tax return. Distributions, S-Corp, one level is a stock. So everything's pro rata. So if you own 40% of the S-Corp, the S-Corp owns hundred bucks or a net profits on hundred, you pay tax or the profit allocated to use 40 bucks, right? It's all pro rata. With corporations, you have different um, opportunities, different levels of shares, preferred, common. There's also dividends. Um, so there's different things you can do. How do you elect S-Corp status? Form 2553. Uh, you can do it any time after setting up uh, like an LLC uh, for corps. Um, your tax status generally takes effect within 75-day period before you file the form or within 12 months after you file it. And electing S-Corp tax status, you're going to have to follow the 1120S tax return. Just you know, be aware of that. Um, that's just one thing. You're going to need to also file uh, the 1120S. Um, so um, all in all, um, there's no right or wrong. You you know, a lot of people ask, well, should I go S? Should I stay C? I've had both. I actually still have both. In some cases, one of my businesses made a lot of sense to have a C-Corp. Um, the 21% tax was less than the, the investors tax rates. Uh, we weren't looking to pull money out. We were looking to keep money in the business to help grow it. So we, we were, we, we basically decided that 21% tax was worth staying in the C Corp. Um, but, um, in some other cases, you know, I wanted to get passed through losses. So I did the S Corp, um, no right or wrong. That's, that's why it's important to work with a good account or, or a tax attorney to help you can kind of navigate uh, these rules and kind of figure out what, what makes sense for you. Um, again, it's not like a one size fit all type solution. It's really based off of your business and um, you know what you're doing. So um, that's kind of it. That's really the main differences. If I would summarize the main differences, I would say the flow through versus the uh, two layers of tax for the C Corp. A lot of people love the S-Corp because you can get around or, or reduce the Social Security FICA that 15.3%. But again, you got to be reasonable. You can't just eliminate it, right? You can't just say there's no salary. You, you got to be um, smart about it. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is the um, deduction, which a lot of people like the QBID. But again, make sure you're eligible. If you make too much money, that 20% deduction is not going to be be available to you. And um, that could potentially change your mind on, on whether you go S or not. So 
Um, usually the shareholder requirements isn't a big deal. Although if you have foreign investors, you know, doing an S corp won't work. I've asked, I've also had a lot of clients say, Hey, I want my IRA to invest in my buddy's S corp. And I say, listen, you can't do it. You're going to blow the S corp shareholder rules. And what happens is your S corp becomes null and void and turns back to a C corp. Okay. So it's not an IRA rule. A lot of people ask me to say, Adam, where in the tax code does it say an IRA cannot S corp? And it's nowhere in 4975, which deals with all the prohibited transaction rules. It's actually in 1361, deals with S-Corp shareholder rules, and it says U.S. citizens and an IRA as a trust is not an eligible shareholder of an S-Corp. And that's why. And if you blow the S-Corp rules, your entity reverts back to a C-Corp and there could be potential tax ramifications as well. So you want to make sure that you are not blowing the S-Corp shareholder rules and triggering a failure in an election. So both again have the LLC protection, the limited liability protection, which is important. Um, and again, there's a lot of cool tax planning. Um, it's really for small businesses. That's why the shareholder limits at a hundred, um, but it, it helps a lot of businesses and it's definitely something that um, you may want to look at. So if you're watching or listening to this and you know, starting a business or have a business and have a C Corp or an LLC, you may want to think going S Corp. Definitely, I would suggest strongly talk to a CPA. Have someone look at your numbers, uh, look at your past returns, look at your current financial statements, and then they can run a pro forma and see if it makes sense. It, it may sound good on paper, but when you apply your financials to that particular um, set of metrics, it just may not work for you and it, it just not may not be a good option. So. Just be um, careful um, when doing it um, because, again, if you go S and then revoke it, there could be tax ramifications or, or you may need to have certain limitations in terms of timing. So just be careful um, before electing it, but it could end up being you know, a really good option for you. Yes, if President Biden um, does increase the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28, that may encourage more people to go S, right? The... 2017 Tax Cut Jobs Act did increase people's appetite for the C-Corp. Before 17, the C-Corp was rarely used um, unless you had to use it. You were going public or you were um, looking for um, you know, foreign uh, investors who didn't want to pass through income or losses. I remember I did a, uh, I wrote an article maybe 20 something years ago. Uh, nah, actually, it was probably like 13 or 14 years ago. And basically said that if you're setting up a C Corp and you're not going to go public or starting up a major um, you know, uh, type business with, is, is going to seek uh, multiple seed rounds of financing, like it's almost malpractice. You should not have, have anyone do C Corp. They should be doing LLCs or S Corps. And the Tax Cut Jobs Act changed that. And, and we'll see what happens now uh, with, with the uh, new tax uh, potential legislation coming through the end of 2021. So hope you guys enjoyed this. I I'm going to do a video on it as well. Um, only downsides you're going to have to look at me. So <laughs> sorry about that. But this is a fun topic. I get to be a tax lawyer again, um, which is always fun. Not really focused on retirement accounts. This is like one of the few podcasts which I've done, which hasn't been focused on the retirement world. And it's kind of fun as well. And it has some retirement um, also uses because uh, IRAs, 401ks want to invest in S-Corps. For ROBS, rollover business startup solutions, you have to use a C-Corp, which since 2017 is, hasn't been a problem. But if that tax rate goes back to 28 or 
again, that, that could become an issue and maybe less people will want to use the ROBS to, to buy business. So uh, we'll see. There's always some applications to retirement accounts. And if there is any, I'm going to find it, I promise, and, and kind of always drive the conversation back to IRAs or 401k. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't subscribed, uh, please do. I think you'll you'll get a lot of uh, these podcasts. I got two other podcasts. If you, you enjoy listening, um, Adam Talks, which drops every Wednesday, and Ad Mail, which drops every Thursday. And uh, you can pick them up anywhere you listen to podcasts, and I think you'll enjoy them. So give us a try, and uh, thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to everyone again next week. Be well.